Time now for BYU football with BYU team captain Connor Pay on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We're talking about the loss to Kansas and BYU's Big 12 opener and also looking home, looking forward to the home opener against the Cincinnati Bearcats Friday night under the lights at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers right here on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check mark. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com has it all for you guys now. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. And, of course, some exclusions may apply. All right, time now for BYU football with BYU team captain Connor Pay, who rejoins the podcast this week. And, Connor, uh, thank you for adjusting to my schedule. I think some of our listeners, my schedule's been a little bit screwy this week. Uh, I'm expecting a kid at any point now. So had a little bit of a lull in the action, so I decided, you know what, let's knock this podcast out. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. I'm grateful that you're still willing to talk to me with all the craziness going on in your life right now. You got way more important things to do. I, I have a very loving wife who loves uh, that, I, that I do this podcast. She understands that, hey, BYU fans want to hear uh, about their Cougars, obviously, and that's what we're going to talk about here. But I wanted to start by uh, talking a little bit with you about uh, the Kansas experience, obviously, your first Big 12 game, first Big 12 game in BYU football history. Uh, give me your overall reaction uh, to your trip to Lawrence and the result. Um, I mean, well, it sucked. You know, it just, especially when, you know, a few mistakes away from winning that game, that's, that's hard, you know, and that's, uh, you know, it's never fun to do that when you know that, uh, you know, ball security has been a staple of our team for years since I've been here for sure. Um, We just, we don't turn the ball over. We just, we don't do that. And, you know, to, to do that, and then on top of that spot, the other team 14 points, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to win against good teams when you do that. You know, when you lose the turnover battle and those turnovers turn into points, that's uh, that's difficult to overcome, you know. And so, you know, shot ourselves in the foot a little bit there. And, uh, you know, so that was frustrating. You know, a lot of guys, you know, frustrated after the game for that and a lot of other reasons, just feeling like we didn't play um, the way we should have played. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, so it's, you know, it, it's it's good in the sense that, you know, we were right there in Kansas is a good football team, a top 25 team right now. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were right there, even when we didn't play as good as we wanted to, especially in the run game, obviously on offense, you know, Keaton, Keaton played, you know, well outside of those, a couple of those throws and, you know, through for 360 or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had opportunities to win and, you know, we didn't get it done. So, you know, that sucks. 
How how tough is it for you personally to move past losses? Are you a guy who likes to 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 like kind of chew on them for a bit and then move past them? Or are you a guy who like just kind of like leaves it in the rearview mirror and looks forward right away? Um, I wouldn't say right away. It's definitely in the rearview mirror now. Okay. Like I haven't thought about Kansas, and I will never think about Kansas again unless we play them again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of you know I'll take Sunday kind of I'm kind of an I'm an analytical person I'm an analyzer and so I'll take Sunday watch the game two or three times try to figure out especially right now since we're trying to fix some run game issues just figure out everything that's going wrong in the run game what are potential solutions all that stuff I'll do that on Sunday then we'll kind of have our review as a team on Monday and that was even shorter this week just because we're on a condensed week now uh, playing on a Friday night, so we had to kind of get through that game, uh, get through that game review, and then get right into Cincinnati game prep. So we didn't have a lot of time to think about it, other than taking the okay. Here's what we did well. Here's what we sucked at. Here's some potential solutions and changes we're going to make this week. Let's go implement them for Cincinnati. So it was a quick turnaround. It's in the rearview mirror now. Um, you know, with the exception of the things, the action items you want to take away from the game to improve on during the week. So, all right, well, I'll ask the I'll ask the question: What's it going to take to fix the run game? I mean, it really is, it really is an eleven man problem right now, and uh, you know, obviously we have to do a better job up front. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, sustaining blocks and creating holes, and it's it's you watch the film and it's four out of the five, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's we're one block away. One guy doesn't quite get it done and it kills the whole play. And that, that goes for across the whole offense. You know, we watched, we did a game review as an entire offense yesterday, which was a unique thing I had never done before, but a rod wanted to emphasize that point. Like, Hey, just so everyone can see what everyone's responsibilities are, you know, and, and, and how run game, pass game, 11-man problem regardless. You know, we're in this together. We're doing this together. we got to fix it together. Um, and I think, uh, you know, maybe there was just it, – it's hard just because, you know, the plays we did block it up really well up front, mm-hmm. we threw an RPO, you know, or the back just kind of missed the read, maybe just barely, or um, – you know, then there's the plays where the back reads it just right and we miss a block. Okay. You know, and then, or, you know, there's a play where the tight end misses the cutoff or misses a front side stretch, you know, and so it's, it's a mixture of everything. And so I think just putting it all together, you know, cause the, the pieces are there and people don't want to see that. And people don't want to uh, think that it's a fixable problem, you know, uh, but it very much is. It's so close on a couple of those plays, so close um, to those being eight to 10 yard runs. And, you know, it's also difficult too when you kind of put yourself in a situation with mistakes where you kind of have to throw out of it. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't help the run game very much. You know, we've done that the last two weeks now. We've been coming back from deficits uh, later in the game where you kind of, you kind of gotta you gotta throw the ball a little bit because you gotta move a little faster, um, and so uh, I think it's you know we've made some adjustments this week uh, that I'll stay general about for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. um, you know that I think are really gonna help. And Cincinnati's a good run defense; they are, 
And so, like, this is this is going to be a hard game to get the run game right, but it's a great opportunity to play a good defense and really, you know, put some of these changes to the test and, you know, kind of just nut up and uh, go and get yards on these run plays. And, you know, obviously it's a <clears> – <throat> the run game is kind of our baby up front. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously – so it's like uh, – it's like having, you know, a dagger in your stomach and having somebody twisting it all the time when you look at those those run stats, you know, and it's uh it's um you know, it's frustrating. But I, I'm I'm excited about some of the adjustments that we've made and kind of getting everybody on the same page, you know, and I I, I think we're gonna be able to get it right and I'm really looking forward to it. Now, you mentioned Cincinnati as being a very good rush defense. We'll talk more about the Bearcats here in just a moment. Do, before we do that, get need to get a word in on our friends over at DoorDash. Connor, are you, I know you're a big, love D. You ever used DoorDash before? Oh, do I ever. <laughs> I think we all do. do. I ever. Well, the best part is you've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you obviously can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost the local economy with each and every order as well. You get everything you of what you ordered or they will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you would have picked them yourself. If you want even more value, you can save all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. It's all with easy substitutions right available in the app and best-in-class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value and use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. It's a limited-time offer and terms apply. That's 50% off with a $20 minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter that promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. Of course, the UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money, everybody. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate, and parents don't always have the answers to those questions. That's where Learn and Earn comes in. It breaks down those financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. Age-appropriate content for every member of the family who's available as well so you can compete uh, compete against one another and track your progress on leaderboards and it's all available inside the UCCU mobile banking app so play at any time anywhere it's all courtesy of UCCU's award-winning be money smart youth banking program helping kids teens and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together it's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU love where you bank Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you uh, for joining us here to talk BYU football with Connor Pay. Uh, and, Connor, we just talked about uh, the run game and how you're confident you guys will be able to get some of these fixes in place. Uh, I am a, I, I played offensive line in high school, and I pale in comparison to any of you guys who play for BYU. So I'm going to be very clear with what I'm about <clears throat> to say on that. I, I'm not good. I'm undersized, severely undersized to have played the position, but I played it nonetheless. And I had an offensive line coach in high school who – who made this statement to me. I'm going to run this by you. I want your thought on this. He said, uh, Pass blocking is it's it's passive, and he he meant it passive in the sense that you're absorbing essentially all the pressure that the defense can throw at you when you're in pass blocking. He said run blocking is a mindset. You have to you you've got to have that mindset to go out there and get it done in the run game. Uh, do you feel like that is an accurate assessment of where things stand right now for BYU in this rush attack? No. Okay. Um, you know, I I agree. I agree with. Uh... I agree with half of what he said in the sense of that run blocking is a mindset. Mm-hmm. 
I don't agree with the pass protection is passive. Okay. Uh, um, and we could, I could go all the way yeah. into that, but I think, uh, um, getting more at the kind of the crux of the question. No, I don't think it's a mindset thing. Okay. Um, you know, because every time, every time we have a run play called, you know, it's, we get fired up in the huddle mm-hmm. and we want to make it happen. And, you know, sometimes there are some external forces outside of our control that, uh, you know, make that not happen. And then there are the times where we screw it up ourselves and shoot ourselves in the foot and, uh, and don't give our coordinator confidence to call those plays again. Okay. And, uh, you know, but, uh, I think, uh, the, the mindset is definitely there. And, you know, when, when you look at the plays and you see that maybe you're only gaining one or two yards, um, you know, it's so it's so easy to just say, well, gosh, this whole line just must not be motivated. They just must not have the mindset, right? They're just not violent enough. I blocked for this guy 45 years ago, and, man, <laughs> we were kicking people's asses up and down the field, just blowing them up. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, bro, that's a – you know, that's a, that's a cop out. That's a, I think, uh, there's so much more to it than that. And, you know, that's, that's, what's great about it. But that's also what's frustrating about it. I, mm-hmm. I wish that, you know, the run play was just determined about how bad we wanted it. Um, and you know, just how, how much we wanted to move this guy out of there. Um, and cause there have definitely been players where we've blown people up and we've gotten movement and like, I'll come out of a combo with Paul. Like we just totally blew up this nose guard, had him two or three yards down the field and you turn around and it was a tackle for loss. You're like, what the hell is that? You know? And, and then you kind of have to go back and film later and figure out what's going on. And so, um, but no, I don't think, uh, I don't think mindset is the issue. Um, and, and if I did feel that way, if I felt people were being passive and not, uh, uh, you know, getting fired up to get the job done, then I would tell you that. And I would tell my teammates that. Um, but I don't I don't feel that way. Well, I appreciate you, you acknowledging that, obviously. And now, obviously, you're turning your attention to Cincinnati on a Friday night. You already talked about the fact you guys had a compressed schedule. It's a day sooner, obviously. So, in a way, it helps you move past the loss to Kansas. Uh, but this, yeah. as you mentioned, at Cincinnati, they've got a very good defensive line. And when you're when the star defensive lineman in your defensive line has the nickname the Godfather because his name is Dante Corleone, uh, that's a that's a pretty good nickname to have. But also a very good football player in and of it uh, in and of himself. But the, the, very across good. that defensive front, they're very talented. So, uh, what are you looking forward to most? Obviously, about facing off against the Bearcats. I'm looking forward to the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, as as someone who has uh, NFL aspirations, you know, these are the games you look forward to because you know, like you said, uh, Dante is a very highly sought after nose guard. Mm-hmm. They're very highly ranked in his draft class. One or well, number one or number two in his position. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, if I, if I can recall, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you look forward to the challenge. It's exciting to get to, to play players like him, um, and the rest of that defensive line, you know, in that front seven, really, um, good, solid players. And so, you know, we're really excited about it. We're excited for the challenge. We're excited to have our first big 12 game in, in, uh, Lavelle Edwards. And, you know, it's, you know, everyone's fired up about it. 
Now, the, the crowd in Kansas, they announced a sellout, and I was there in Lawrence watching it in person. I was not about to miss out on BYU's first ever Big 12 game, and I, I thought the crowd was pretty good, obviously. It had 40-some-odd thousand fans there in Lawrence, and they were uh, pretty full-throated. There was a good contingent of BYU fans there. But uh, what are you expecting in terms of the fan reception this Friday in particular? Oh, I expect it to be a hell of a lot better than Kansas. <laughs> that's for sure. Um you know, because yeah, Kansas was good. Those fans were fun, yeah, man. And they were. Uh, it wasn't super loud, to be honest with you. Sound wasn't really a factor or anything, but they were fired up for their team, and it was a fun environment. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, w- with the exception of those uh, those rare few, uh, everyone was uh, was uh, you know respectfully trash talking us, and in okay. uh, in all the right ways, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that adds to the fun too. Uh, but I expect uh, I expect uh, Lavelle Edwards to be, uh, you know, like you saw in those Utah, ASU, Baylor from last year. Those games, you know, I expect I expect that Les to to come out tomorrow, and I think it will. Especially Les under the lights is a is a special place. Is that here's the thing? And I asked this question to to Keaton uh, earlier this week during media availability about playing in the day versus playing at night, and he actually had a very interesting answer. He said, "I would I'd like to play at two o'clock under the lights." And I was like, "That's an interesting thing." He wants to play in the afternoon, <laughs> but he wants to play under the lights. Do you have a preference, night day? Do you care? Um, I agree with him. I would love to play at two o'clock under the lights, <laughs> okay. you know, in the dark. You know, because that uh, that's that's a fun college football atmosphere. Uh-huh. When you're under the lights, like that's what you dream about as a kid. You know, it's like I don't. You know, it's like, do I remember the sun beating down on me at some random noon game? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I remember being under the lights. Everybody there. You know, there's just something. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about it. And you know, I actually that's a good that's a good take right there. I agree with Keaton on that. Well, and I, I, I kind of I joked with him afterwards. I'm like, so we need to put you in a dome then. And he's like, yeah, I guess that that, that would work in a way. So <laughs> kind of a kind of a funny anecdote there. But obviously uh, the, the Bearcats are newcomers to the Big 12 as well. And uh, both mm-hmm. of you are off to 0-1 starts. How important is it in your mind to make sure that you guys avoid starting the Big 12 season 0-2? Oh, it's huge, I think, to kind of, you know, carry some momentum into the bye week. You know, to enter that bye week four and one, mm-hmm. uh, start prepping for TCU after that, and you know, kind of have the the gauntlet of the Texas teams mm-hmm. after that, and uh, you know, I think that would be huge for our team, and you know, because so much can happen in conference play. You know, and I I remember I was talking about this yesterday with someone where in November of last year there were eight teams fighting for a spot in the Big Twelve championship mm-hmm. in November. You know, eight different teams who could go to the championship game. And so there's just there's so much to play for every single week. But I, I think for us individually, especially with the bye next week, carrying momentum into the bye, get a little healthier, recover a little bit, and uh, kind of rejuvenate for that uh, back half of our schedule, I think uh, would be a huge thing for us. Now, we will talk a little bit, obviously, about the, the, a little bit more about Cincinnati matchup. Then we also got some listener questions we'll wrap up today's show with coming up here momentarily. Sure. Uh, first, let's get a word in on our friends over at Jace Medical. What it is is Jace Medical wants to make it so you guys are not cut unprepared. Everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, no matter what the situation might be. And Jace Case handles everything from online evaluation to the, having the licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care all available to you guys. That's what uh, Jace Case is here for. 
for. All you need to do, go online, fill out a form, and you get a prescription life-saving medication delivered directly to your door. The Jace case gives you the peace of mind knowing that you're just not you're not just hoping you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace case makes sure you sure have that medication in hand all the time. You can get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the promo code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, supply chain issues, all of it. You can have that peace of mind once again. It's handled for you guys. You can be just like Frank who said it was as easy as one, two, three, and arrived just in time. I received this, the, our package the same day I got a sinus infection. My doctor was out of town. No appointments for days. Thank goodness it arrived. So once again, $20 off at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com using the promo code Locked on. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you have a fantastic Wednesday whenever you watch and or listen to this. Uh, continuing on and wrapping up here with our weekly conversation with Connor Pay and Connor, obviously these Friday night games, the week of general conference, they're a staple in the BYU schedule. Uh, for decades, it was Utah State. Obviously, you guys would typically play in this slot, but uh, it, do you guys kind of get used to this because you know that, hey, conference weekend, you're playing Friday night? Um, kind of. Okay. I mean, I guess I knew that it was something we always did. Right. But, uh, you know, part of me, I didn't know if it was going to happen with the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were going to respect that or not. And okay. it's like kudos to them for, you know, letting us play on a Friday. Um, But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think everyone knows that, like, because we usually will have one or two Friday games every year. And everyone kind of knows, like, the general conference that with that first uh, weekend in October is going to be a uh, is going to be a Friday game. And so I think it's just more kind of like, oh yeah, general conference weekend. We're playing a little earlier this week. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and Friday night games, obviously, there's a lot of other teams around the country who are on the road. You guys did this last week going to Lawrence, Kansas, and you're hanging out in a hotel room. Do you like the fact that, hey, we're one of the few games that's on TV and there's likely teams out there going to be watching us? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Now, why, why, why is that? Is it just because, hey, it's a chance to let, let them show off what you guys are capable of doing? Is there, is there a particular element that you like about it? Well, I like my afternoon nap. Okay. When we play that late. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I like my nap in the hotel and getting to eat a bunch of awesome free food in the hotel. No, I'm just kidding. They, 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 not, re- not really, but, uh, um, no, I think uh, I think there there is kind of an element of you know a lot of people watch those eight fifteen games because most of the other games are done. Yeah, you know at least the at least the other big games around the country, and so there's that element to it. But I think more, I think it's more the under the lights factor. Okay. I think that's I think we get more excited about that than thinking about the potential viewership. Okay, you know because we never really get too much into that. How long is the afternoon nap for Connor Pegs? I've heard different lengths for different athletes in my career. Not that long. I don't go. I don't go over. I can't really go over an hour and a half usually. Fair enough. I I usually. I I think. uh, I don't know what it is. It's like ninety minutes to complete a full sleep cycle, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can get through one full sleep cycle and then I wake up. Okay. You know, I either I do it on my own or I set an alarm. Uh, just because I don't want to wake up at like two hours or two and a half hours when I'm in the middle of another sleep cycle. Cause then I'll be a little groggy and takes me a minute to pull out of that. But if I just can 90 minutes seems to be my sweet spot. Okay. Just about, or if I wake up after 90 minutes, I don't feel groggy. I feel refreshed, rejuvenated. So 
I see. And that, that I've, like I said, I've covered athletes. I've been in sports media for 15 years now, and I've heard all different lengths. There are guys who are super specific. Connor, I had a guy one time tell me it's 27 minutes. I'm like, 27 minutes. And I, but he sets an alarm and it's 27 minutes. And he, so it, it, whatever works for you, I, I, I get that. All right. So a couple listener questions before we go on today's show. This one was emailed yeah, in by Ethan. Uh, this regards, he said, Hey Jake, I need you just during conference, the conference weekend game, obviously against Cincinnati. He said, uh, what are Connor Pace conference traditions when it comes to general conference for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Oh, my conference traditions. Um, well, I, I always go home and watch it with my family, okay. uh, especially on the, the Sunday sessions. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure I'm with my family watching it. Sometimes we'll have some of our other family members over and do dinner for the afternoon or evening sessions. And it used to be a tradition where we would, my mom would uh, print out like these conference general conference packets, okay, yeah. you know, that had like crossword puzzles uh-huh. and you can draw on them and yeah. you put the speakers in order and all this stuff. Now that I'm older, all ploys to just get us to pay closer attention to the speakers. Uh-huh. So now that I know it's all a scam, uh, <laughs> I don't look as forward. I don't look as, uh, I don't look forward to the crossword puzzles as much anymore, just because I know it's my mom's way to force us to pay attention. Uh, but we've all, we've all been, just, we've all been there, dude. I I'm trust me. I had the same thing growing up, so I, I get it. No, it's always, it's always a, a good tradition. It's yeah. becoming a tradition now, or just something that happens every year. I call it a tradition now because yeah. it keeps happening where my parents will get angry at us for being on our phones during conference. And then they'll fall asleep looking at their phone <laughs> and then we'll take pictures of them and videos and stuff. And so that's, that's a pay family household uh, general conference tradition is making sure that, you know, my dad's over here getting pissed at all of us for not paying attention. And then five minutes later, he is snoring, can't even hear the speaker. So that's a that's a general conference tradition in the pay household blackmail i like that that's that's awesome i love it that's oh i've got some well my dad discovered snapchat filters i'll tell you what i got some stuff on my phone he never wants to come to light okay fair enough hold on to those you may need those one day uh all right we got one other question for the will, here. For the will. Uh, yeah absolutely no doubt about that uh okay the other question comes in it came in uh via david and he asked this can you ask connor pay what his favorite color is blue okay Good answer. Kind of, and it has it doesn't even have anything to do with BYU. It okay. just kind of always has been my favorite right. color. All right, hey, fair enough. I, 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 I'm sure BYU, BYU fans out there. If he picks red, so help me, we're gonna have a problem here. So, no, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would lie. <laughs> I would lie through my teeth if that was really my favorite color. Is there like a specific like shade of blue? Are you a royal blue guy? Navy? Like it doesn't matter. Um, not so much navy. I like the lighter blues. Okay, a little bit where kind of that. Uh, Oh, geez. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know colors that well. Okay. It's like that's geez, okay. the different shades of blue. So I like Royal. I do okay. like Royal, but like baby blue, that's like a little too bright uh-huh. for me. Yeah. I, I like a little bit darker than Royal, maybe just more a traditional blue, okay. not as dark as a Navy. That's kind of like my favorite okay. anywhere between like the traditional blue and then the Royal blue. All right. So the Royal rush uniform, you're a fan of this week. I take it then. Yes. All the hate it's getting on Twitter is BS. <laughs> I love those. I love those uniforms. I think they look awesome. Uh-huh. Like, oh, they look like blueberries. It's like Royal is one of our team colors. What do you expect us to look like? It's the, we're not just going to wear the freaking white and Navy. Like we did from 1980 on. 
Well, here's the thing. It was it was Royal until 98, man. And, like, it, it, Royal Blue's the history of BYU football, man. You want us to go back to the terrible early 2000s uniforms with, like, that navy mixed in with, like, that brown crap or whatever that was? Tan. Like, tan. It was an official school You want school us to go color. back to those days? Yep. And, like, stop complaining about the Royal uniforms. They have some of the best uniforms in the country. Stop complaining about it, Kinder Nation, please. I, I will say this. I have, like, this 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 undying need one day for BYU to pull out the bib uniforms. You know what the bib uniforms are, Connor? No. Okay, so these got outlawed. Uh, BYU wore these in 98 or 99, and what they were... Bib uniforms. You can Google them. You'll see them. It's the BYU bib uniform. Uh, I'm ha- Googling this right now. Hans Olsen, who calls your BYU games, is one of the athletes who wore these. They're Roy- they were navy blue, because BYU had switched over to the navy at that point, that had literally looked like, a, looked like a gigantic bib. It was a white outline. Nike made these, and they had uh, the white numbering with blue letter blue numbers inside of it. And Oh, my god! You just saw a picture of it, didn't you? <laughs> This is low. This is low key. What I was referring to when I said those well, terrible early two thousands and because um, there's brown in there. Yeah, tan. Yeah, brown, tan. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. It's it's in there, and that's the thing. So this con- one is a BYU color been brown. They they adopted it in ninety eight as one of the official school colors, and I don't know why they ever did it. So that- whose decision was that? Elder Holland wasn't the president then, right? No, he wouldn't make a decision uh, like that. I don't know who was the president. Was it Jay Merrill? Was it Bateman at that point? I don't know. Nonetheless, but I yeah. don't know. All I know is Elder Holland wouldn't have let that slide. Well, Holy I, I I can tell you this much, though, Connor. They wore those for, I think, one or two games. The NCAA actually outlawed those uniforms. Because they were so ugly. <laughs> well, that and also they actually had a tendency. To, they, they actually bled and they, like, turned purple. So, you know, fun times. That's garbage. You see? Even, okay, those are, like, the 2001, yeah, something oh, like here's that. Oh, here's that. That is horrendous. Yep, there's the bib right there. Yeah, there it is. Connor, if you're watching this on YouTube, you just saw the picture of the bib. So uh, That is horrendous. There is part of it. Just If they ever really want to like mess with BYU fans, bring those bad boys back around, and you'd, you'd have cool. fans. I don't know fans. if I'd play. <laughs> Well, you may be you, you'll likely be done at that point. So I don't know. I don't know if I go out. If those were in our locker, I'd be like, "What on earth are we doing here?" Well, I think they very this can't, well, be, for, this can't be for our game. They very well still may be banned. Who knows? But nonetheless, I so, hope so. Yeah. I hope so. All right. Well, I think we'll end it there, Connor. Anything else you need to get off your chest before we go here? Nope. Just uh, uh, thank you guys for the support. As always, you know we're gonna. We're we're working we're working our butts off every day to fix the mistakes and to play better, and so uh, you know the fans can be hopeful and uh, you know that um, we understand your frustrations. We feel them on a level probably higher than you, <laughs> and uh, and we're we're doing everything we can to get it fixed. And so, you know, I have a lot of optimism, and this can this can absolutely be a special season for us. So, thank you for the support as always. All right, well, that, that'll do it for us here on Locked On Cougars. For Connor, I'm Jake. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the podcast. Let me just say this. Uh, if my kid does show up at some point, this very well may be the last podcast before BYU takes on Cincinnati. So, of course, we'll recap it all uh, coming up this weekend as well. And a big thank you to all of you for once again for tuning in to Locked On Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.